Welcome to Disambiguation. I'm your host, Michael Fawcett. Each week, we interview experts in AI, generative AI, and business automation to help business leaders understand how to use these tools for the biggest business impact. In our show today, we look at how you can accelerate selling using AI. I'm joined by Ryan Saley, founder, CEO of Whale Boss, creator of the Whale Sailing System, and host of the Scale Up Show. Welcome, Ryan. What's up, Michael? Happy to be here, man. Happy, happy to talk about the disambiguation of AI. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you know, this is a, this is a, a hot topic, particularly around the, the world of selling right now. So I'm really glad you could, uh, could jump on the show today. Um, yeah, you know what? Why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit more about yourself and about Whale Boss? Yeah, sure. I could do a uh, super quick backdrop because, like, I, I um, it's hard sometimes when you have a, a guest give like a a twenty minute uh, intro, right? I've had that on my podcast, the Scale Up Show. Yep. So, anyways, um, here's what I would say is like I've had every kind of effective role when it comes to sales, direct sales specifically, from all the way from 100% phone sales, working in a boiler room when I first started out of school, not selling illegal stocks, but effectively, um, you know, providing solutions with a really high pressure sales solution, right? And then went into mid-market, outside, eventually enterprise, then got into a leadership role, kind of followed the same path there, turned around an underperforming office, and always got asked to basically do um, a lot without any resources, okay? So think of that as either a startup-ish type environment or PE-backed company, right, where we weren't flush with cash, dumping a lot of money into fuel growth. And so I had to get highly, highly creative in how I executed that. And so one of the things that happened was, and this was actually a product of uh, failure, right? Like I, I failed as a leader and um, was leading a team. We hit about 130% of our quota, I, I think, at the, at the time. But because I was pressing so hard, working so many hours and abandoning my work out or my life outside of work, um, I was not fun to work for, right? So what happened was they're like, hey, Ryan, um, you know, like you're pr producing good results. Uh, but at the same time, your team doesn't love working for you right now. So we need to start this other business group. We think you're really, really good at it. And we want you to build a team from scratch and basically create, you know, a, an enterprise team. And so I grew that from zero to 30 million in ARR with like starting from zero with no team in five and a half years with only four salespeople. Um, funny enough, some of the people that once they started to see the results we were getting from my old team wanted to come back and work for me. Um, so the grass wasn't always greener, right? Uh, and then what happened was I left there and started helping companies implement those principles in their business. Sure. And about a year and two months ago, roughly, this is probably October, November of 22, uh, I had Chris Savage, who is the founder of Wistia on my podcast. He introduced me to Dolly. I tried it out with my kids. Uh, that weekend, and then basically was like, okay, this is okay, right? Um, however, shortly thereafter, ChatGPT came out and then was absolutely petrified and excited at the same time once I started to test it out with things that I knew to be true through 10,000 hours of meetings. And then from there, I've been obsessed with integrating AI into the whole sales world because I think one of two things is going to happen, Michael. Either you know people are going to get run over by this and um, are going to get let go or get passed by other people that do, or uh, you have the capability to become superhuman and offload a lot of the things that you don't like about your job, acquire new skills at an insane rate, and do things that you've never been able to do just by using words. And so that's what's exciting to me. Yeah. 
I, I, I mean, I feel like I had a, a similar journey into this whole area and, and I've called it AI for years, but, but, um, but just using chat GPT, you know, and, and, and all the other tools that have popped up over the last year really got me excited as I could start to see the ways that this could really have a big impact on businesses. Um, you know, I, over the last few years, I've heard this kind of narrative around sales and, and I, um, I'm curious what you think about this. So, you know, in a, in, for example, a recent study, um, Sales Insight Labs um, looked at 30,000 sales reps, and they found that like 24% of the salespeople last year exceeded their quota. And, mm -hmm. and like 61% had, you know, said that sales was harder or much harder now than it was five years ago. I mean, why do you think that is? What's, what's happening with the sales world? Yeah, well, so first of all, there, I mean, and it, it depends. Was there a specific uh, solution sets that that was focused on, like, or verticals? Is that I'm no, just, it was it was a broad kind of general, okay. uh, enterprise enterprise sales. But, <laughs> enterprise yeah. sales. Okay, here's what I would say is like, if you look at it at the numbers specifically with enterprise sales, every year the number of buyers involved increases, right? So, yeah. what happens is like that increases the level of complexity, and a lot of the uh, and this isn't a negative on sales methodologies or, or sales processes, but most of those are designed. I actually, I think all of them are designed, um, basically looking more so internal out. So looking at the process that the sales team needs to do versus like, what are the political dynamics and the emotional factors and how the KPIs of decision makers are evaluated at different levels in big companies. Um, even on top of it too, like, what kind of ownership structure does that company have? Because if you're public, um, you know, you got to hit the earnings number. If you're VC backed, you got to hit that top line number. Now it's getting a little bit different now, right? But uh, triple, triple, double, double. And then PE, that's more like, all right, we want you to do more with less. And then you got like the family private businesses and they have different agendas kind of based on that. And so um, I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's getting harder because we've been conditioned as a, as, sales professionals to believe that, hey, you follow this process, it's going to happen. But we're forgetting the whole emotional side of it and how people really are, because if they make the wrong decision, sometimes they could literally lose their job. And there's a yeah. lot of stability with what they're doing. And so it's a lot easier for them to say no than it is to say yes. And so you got to be exceptional for them to say yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and much more, you know, much less risky to say no to something you don't know about versus... <laughs> taking the yeah. risk. Right. Um, exactly. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. And I, I, I wonder now, you know, as we've seen a lot of the AI tools start to come out and, you know, uh, generative AI, but also, you know, a lot of other AI behind that, that's now more and more kind of obvious that that's available in, in systems. So how, how do you see, um, the AI technology currently being integrated into sales strategies and, and how does that change this process that you're describing? Yeah. Uh, well, to answer your question, I would say most of the time I don't. <laughs> so like that, that's why I started kind of doing what I'm doing because I think like we're, people are looking at it at the surface level. And what I mean by that is it's like, okay, how do I create a better presentation? How do I um, basically, you know, do an email better? How do I do follow-up better, right? How do I have uh, AI note-takers, right? And those are all great, um, fine and well, but like 
literally you have the ability to walk inside someone's brain who's a world-class expert mm. and have them give you specific strategy or information custom to your solution. Mm. Okay. So this has never been available before to anybody anywhere. Um, you know, obviously, except for folks that have used AI models behind the scenes, but this is the thing that's wild about it, Michael. I, I'm like, I'm floored because I've interviewed probably over the last year and a half, I think it's probably close to like 200 tech CEOs. And the thing about it is most of them were so interested in integrating AI into their product, they forgot about the opportunity of integrating AI into their people, right? Mm -hmm. And, and labor is one of your largest costs, no matter what it is. So, you know, and, and you know, retention is a factor. I know we, we talked about that, like retention um, of employees, mm -hmm. You know, there's challenges with that. There's challenges with people hitting quota. Well, like if you really understand how to use it at a deep level, anywhere from like basically those productivity tasks where you could save either, you know, a lot of micro productivity. So let's say you do a 30 minute task and cut it into two minutes with like research of annuals and 10Ks and, and um, how they all integrate together. Or you're talking about more deep work, uh, let's say for a revenue leader perspective or deal strategy where there's a lot of different variables and complexities involved. And you could design something within minutes that would take hours to do before. And so those are, and I could go much deeper on, on sure. use cases, but that's where I see a lot of folks like missing it. They're just looking at the, the surface, the dust level, right? Whereas like you mm -hmm. got one of the most powerful things ever created for man. And because there's so many opportunities with it, people are overwhelmed. And so they don't know like how to use it for what and when. And so that's why I've been mm -hmm. so focused on this because I've just been blown away with what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of people that I've talked to, uh, especially last year, because it, it was, to be fair, new, and a lot of people were really trying to understand. There is a lot of this kind of micro productivity. You know, it's like, oh, I can write emails faster, or I can make more outbound calls, or I can, but but to look at it in a more systematic way to think I could use this to brainstorm strategy. I can use this to, to get, you know, advanced techniques and understanding and research. And I think that's, that's really, um, that's really important. And, and so I'm curious now, as, as you've kind of outlaid some of this, what, can you give me some examples of how you've seen some of the sales teams use this more effectively? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm working with a lot of organizations. So like I have a membership that's basically super simple so that anybody could leverage this. Right. Um, and then I have it where I'm, I'm helping revenue orgs custom implement this for their teams. And so kind of the way I look at it is like, there's so much tribal knowledge and really good best practices that any organization has that of, you know, kind of any size of the, of revenue. Right. And there's always something that's working really well, but kind of the way I look at it is there's core, if you think of it, core like jobs to be done. So um, one of the, the kind of the way I approach it when I'm looking at this in terms of opportunity is I use an acronym called TEKS, which is T-E-A-K-S. So that's time, execution, acumen, knowledge, and skills. Those are kind of like the five buckets where I see AI can help. And to break that down like one step further, there's time where there's the micro productivity task, like kind of what I talked about. There's the deep work task where, let's say I wanted to build out an entire sales department. I could literally do that in 20 minutes going all the way from what's the comp structure to the KPIs that I need to evaluate them on, the management flow, the uh, tech stack, and basically 
the job description. Now, what I would tell you, and I would preface this, it's not 100%, right? But if I could do that in 20 minutes, 95%, then I just shaved off about seven hours of work doing that, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. an example on that side. Um, if we look at execution, there's a lot of opportunities now, and there's some great niche tools for this. However, what I'm finding is there's some really cool things that um, are even in like the data analysis version of ChatGPT. Mm -hmm or uh, used to be Bin Enterprise, now it is um, Copilot, Microsoft Copilot. But basically, effectively, what you could do is there's a process I used to do with my customers where, um, and I did it in my go-to-market, doubled our deal size every year. And basically now I could leverage the same process. And instead of taking a three-hour manual process, I can have that automated, um, that execution automated and do it in a couple minutes, right? And so right. there's things like that. If we talk about Acumen, um, this is the one that shook me to my core. Um, when when ChatGPT like first started getting used, I don't know. Do you remember seeing the post on it where people are like, "Hey, like I'm going to test this to see how I could do with the stuff that I know." Do you remember all those like? Oh yeah, stuff? oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same thing. And so I tested it on basically the the acumen the kpis of the executives that we were selling to and the reason why i did that is because like there's not a book about that you know what i mean like it, right. if you google it it's hard to find out like you gotta dig mm. and dig and dig to understand it right yep. so what i did is i asked it the question like you know identify the top five kpis that a cio of a company between 10 and 30 million is evaluated on that is in the SaaS ver vertical um, for a VC backed company and identify the top five KPIs are evaluated. On. Okay. So that's like five levels deep in terms of customization. You, you that's really hard to find. And, but I knew that intuitively from like all my experience. Right. And, and it got like 95% of the way there with one question. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is scary, but exciting at the same time, you know? Um, so that's on the acumen side. So the good thing about it is for folks, um, that want to reduce time to ramp. I mean, you could literally cut like a nine month ramp process into like a month uh, or even three weeks, in my opinion, if you just leverage this the right way. So that's on the acumen side. If we're talking knowledge, there's a lot of different ways you could arbitrage time with knowledge. So let's say, for example, Never Split the Difference, you know, the book by Chris Voss, right? Yep. You can literally have it effectively summarize his book, leveraging the 80-20 principle and have the summary of the book in one to two pages, right? Now, the awesome thing about it is you could actually chat with that from there and go deeper like, hey, I only wanna focus on this specific negotiation only for business use cases, only in this area. Give me all the examples and how would you reply here? Mm -hmm. And then boom, it could do that, right? You could summarize an hour long YouTube video, um, same way. And then, um, mm -hmm. you know, those are a couple examples. Last but not least is skills. So um, I am not a graphic designer. I suck at graphic design. Um, I am not a musician, um, although I like music. And at the same time, I am not a video maker, right? In terms of like, I do videos like this, right? But sure. like, I don't know how to create a video. Now within typing a couple words, I can acquire all those skills within seconds. Um, or, you know, like, let's say you want to get really good. It might take an hour of using Midjourney or Dolly and like, the work you create is unparalleled to anything we've ever seen before. So those are just like kind of the breakdown on how you could do it. And then the way that I look at it in terms of prioritizing those like five buckets when you're, when you're working with it is like, okay, what are the tasks that either I spend the most time on, um, annoy me the most, you know, mm -hmm. that are soul sucking, right? 
or not yeah. in your zone of genius. Um, and like, that's a good way. Like if you're starting out foundationally of like how to get started, that's the mm-hmm. easiest way to understand it and seek it out through that path. And then mm-hmm. what'll happen is you'll be surprised with the results you create. And then the create creativity wheels will start flowing internally, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it, do, it does make sense. And one of the things that kind of underlies what you said, and this was p- part of what really drew me in first too, was, was this idea that I'm asking questions and I'm getting answers versus kind of the old you know, search model of I'm asking questions and it's giving me places to find answers. That's, <clears throat> that's not, you know, nearly as effective and certainly takes much longer when you're, you know, needle in a haystack versus, yeah. okay, here's an answer and here's where I got it. And I, I love that. And especially when it comes to data, I can ask questions of data <clears throat> and get, you know, answers back immediately so that are, yeah. So I, I think that's really exciting and I can see it. Now, you mentioned, you know, I know that, that I've seen lots of metrics about uh, sales teams and, you know, average tenure and average tenures come down quite a lot. And I saw something of like 18 months is average now or something for a salesperson. And and a lot of that was tied to satisfaction and, and uh, productivity and success. Um, and then also that it takes a while to get those sales teams replaced and productive and of course you lose revenue when that happens so you hinted a little bit at using some of these tools for the onboarding process but are there other things that you could do with ai in this to help both from the retention perspective and from the the new sales ramp uh perspective yeah that's a great question okay so let's look at it from a retention perspective first and so like uh, actually we can start with onboarding we can just go the natural flow Mm -hmm. so if we went onboarding right like I could go in there, um, I could create a custom GPT and I could feed it my documentation and basically on my product, on our solution, what we're doing. And then at the same time, I could align that with the sales process and methodology we have, some of our enablement docs. And then I could say, hey, you know, um, from this, this is our, you know, kind of your foundational knowledge. Um, I want you to create a 30 day learning plan on this um, that is approximately takes a couple hours each each week, each day, whatever, you, you can give all those parameters uh, that identifies from start to finish, give me an outline of that, right? And so what it'll do is it'll create that learning plan and you can go 90 day learning plan, 60, you know, it's up to you in terms of how you wanna do it. Um, now, chances are they probably already have some kind of like outline of that. You could also say, hey, this is an example of an outline we wanna do, but get hyper granular and give me tactical details blah, 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 right? And so what it'll do is create a whole learning curriculum around it. It's like, that's one example of how you can do it to shorten that. The other thing too, is you can enable make, enable coaching, uh, specifically from the, the AI tool where you give it different personas of the most likely buyers you have, and you can actually have it role play with it. Um, audio, like over the, the your phone, right? You can do that on the, the ChatGPT app. And so that's that's highly useful. And then the good thing about it is even when you do that, what it'll do is it'll it'll still type out and, and transcribe everything that you're saying. So the leader can go back and check that and then have it even graded based on that. So sure. that's what I would say. Um, and then the acumen stuff that I'm talking about. Let's say you got a new rep, uh, has zero experience in your space selling to the same type of people. You could literally bring them up to speed like that on, on what the KPIs are evaluated on. What are the challenges they have in hitting those KPIs in this type of economic environment? And then what's the emotional impact? that that creates for them. So you can go those three levels deep and you can get that like literally in a couple of minutes. 
So to be able to do that, like those, I, I would say that's kind of a good stack that you could leverage um, that would really get people up to speed fast. So that's mm. the onboarding. Do you want me to hit the, um, now the retention? Yeah, hit retention. Tool. Yeah, that'd be great if you hit, if okay. you'd hit that. Yeah, so if we're looking at retention, I, I kind of the way that I look at it is, um, and this is whether you're in sales or in sales leadership um, at any level, there's probably 24 different things that you're required to do, right? 24 I mean, different things required to do. I mean, you have to be uh, good at, at using data. You have to be good at language. You have to be good at storytelling. You have to be able to interpret, you know, customer feedback. You have to be creative, right? So there's all these different disparate skill sets that no single human has, right? Mm -hmm. Where they do all 24 of them on a 10 out of 10, right? They might do four or five out of at 10 out of 10, but the other 18, you know, or the 19, 20, whatever, they might struggle with mightily. And so when they do those tasks that they struggle with, there's two things that happen. One, they're usually soul sucking to them and they suck, right? Because mm -hmm. they just don't like spending the time on something that's really hard for them to do because it takes a long time and it's not in their zone of genius. And so where I see it for retention, if you enable your team um, specifically with a prompts and like a, like a prompt matrix, prompt library and a whole innovation mm -hmm. environment around AI, what will start to happen is they will naturally start to want to find ways where they could automate the things that either they're not good at or they don't like at. So what's going to happen from there, Michael, is that's going to boost the enjoyment that they have within their job yeah. because they're doing the stuff at, you know, maybe that takes and two hours to do. Like, for example, me. I used to hate writing. I am a slow typer, right? I'm a very slow typer. I, I type, but I'm like one of those one finger guys, right? Like <laughs> terrible, like an abomination when it comes to that, right? But like I could have copywriting done for me now in minutes and that would have taken me hours before. Like that brings so much more enjoyment because I don't have to go through that muck and the work quality is just as good as if I would have done it manually. So those are a few examples. I hope that helps. Yeah, no, that does help a lot. I think the the idea that um, that you know, from a, a satisfaction perspective, I can start to parse out jobs that aren't you know as comfortable for me or aren't in my zone of genius, and have them either shortened greatly because of the the input from the from the tools, or even taken care of for me in some cases because I don't. Yeah, that I think that's really um, really interesting. The other thing you said in there that I I like the idea of. I mean, obviously the coaching is extremely important in the sales environment, but the the idea that I could have it individualized to the rep and their skill sets and their strengths and when they needed the ability to do something or learn new skills, learn new tools. It, it, it's, uh, it's actually the learning's tailored to them versus just a generic training sales training program. So mm -hmm. that, that, yep. that seems like that would be much more effective. Yeah. Customized learning is huge. Right. And like, you know, as we're talking, there's probably a really easy way where you could do that. Like you could take the data set from, you know, what, what the company does, who they sell to their ICP, all that stuff. Right. And then you could probably even, this is wild, and I'm just kind of thinking about this on the fly, you could download the new employee's um, basically job experience from mm -hmm. LinkedIn and factor that in and have it customized based on that too, yeah. right? So like you could look at their job history, what they've done, what they haven't done, as well as what your company's doing and what they want to go and have a whole learning plan customized based on that. Yeah, I did. A, I did an episode not long ago talking about a skills based organization. And we talked about some of those things and not in the context of sales, but just in general with your employees. So I think that's a really exciting 
uh, application of the technology and something that sort of applies not not just in sales, but I mean across the whole business, right? There are ways that I can have a an individualized path. The the other thing that you mentioned in here, and I I've, I've actually done a little bit of research on this from a different perspective, not from sales, but from a customer service perspective is almost like creating a synthetic prospect. Like you could create personas that you can interact with and learn from and test your interaction and your skills with uh, prior to actually going out with a customer or mm -hmm. with a real prospect. Is yeah, that something you've seen? Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Like you could, I mean, and the good thing is marketing, if you have marketing, it's probably done all that work for you already. So you right. could just say like, hey, give me the, you know, the personas that you've developed for, our, our ICPs, right? Our, our yep. ideal customer profiles. And, and then, um, you know, give me, and most of the time they'll, they'll be very specific. This is the demographic. This is the psychographic. This is the technographic. This is what they look like. So you just copy and paste that, create that into custom training or custom instructions. And then that could be a persona that you interact and negotiate with. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, all this sounds great, but whenever you implement new technology, you do things in the, in the company to change you know, process and culture. I mean, there have to be some challenges. So what are some of the challenges you've seen um, sales teams uh, face as they're trying to implement AI in their sales process and how they overcome those? How do they make it work successfully? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think um, like, and the, I think the biggest challenge with anything new with the sales org right now is identifying does it does it hit on the three levers right does it increase revenue reduce cost and then basically enhance the speed of outcomes or, or kind of the three areas right um and so i think the biggest barrier right now is people try it once and they don't get the exact result they want and then they just write it off because it's easy to do that so I think there's a mental barrier like that, or they haven't, it hasn't been made a priority from the leadership level. Um, and so I think those are a couple of different areas. The other thing too, is like, if you look at it from a revenue leadership perspective, most of the time, the reason why it's not implemented is because the leader doesn't even know how to use it, or they just understand a very high level and they, they haven't seen what like really effective use of it, like how amazing it can be. Once again, they've tried it and they've had so, so results. They're, they're, the, the, the thing that's tough about revenue leaders too, and I was one you know for multiple years, is like you're stretched so thin on so many different levels. So like to to try something new outside of that job function is just like a you know big mental barrier. Sure. But what I would what I would tell you is for folks that I have showed specific revenue leaders or revenue orgs that have fit that profile. They start salivating once they see like what's possible, you know, like, um, and so that's why, like, when I over, ever I approach it and walk them through it, I always show is like, all right, number one, let's look at you. How can we carve five, 10, 20 hours out of your week? Like, let's nail that first. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, worst case scenario, they carve five hours out, you know, like how insanely valuable that is, right? Yeah. Then, then that's when the wheel starts. It's like, okay, let's make you better at what you do. Let's make you do more, you know, like, so I always do the faster part first because mm -hmm. then you free up the mental capacity for people to take on the other areas. And so how do they solve that? I think um, one of the things is you just got to get started and, um, like I've made it so accessible, so easy, so cost effective to use. 
Um, you don't have to use me, but I have so much free information out there as well that I do continually. I um, started a YouTube channel to show people walkthroughs, LinkedIn as well. I just posted like a B2B sales you know, starter cheat sheet um, on LinkedIn that's doing well, really well. So like there's a lot of resources out there. Um, the one thing I would caution because there's a lot of marketing bros out there that are good at marketing that have never had a sales leadership or a B2B position, just look at who you're getting the information to and um, from and have they had, you know, the same, have, have they gone down the same path with, with similar, you know, job experience or domain expertise that you have and then uh, leverage that with AI. So that's one thing I would caution. Hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. And, and I, I like the idea of taking the tool and having, uh, the sales leader use it to get to increase their productivity, or in other words, free up time for them to do more of the high value things to teach them uh, to model that behavior for the rest of the team. I, I, I would imagine that's an extremely effective way to, to 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 implement that and to get the team to use it. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's a very effective way, and you know, like um, it just starts to unlock what's possible. Sure. And I think that's why people don't dedicate the time is they don't understand what's possible. And then once they do, then they're like, okay, this is, this is worth mm -hmm. the, the focus, right? And this is worth the time. Wait, so, so you talked a bit about, you know, doing the sales leadership role in, in a resource constrained environment. So mm -hmm. startup or, or, you know, for, for uh, business owners, small, medium businesses that are looking to incorporate AI, in their sales strategies, what, what what advice do you have for them? Because it is a little different when you work in that level of resource, you know, constraint. Yeah, I think um, like are you talking just in general, or in terms of leveraging AI with it as well? Uh, leveraging AI with it, yeah. Okay, so I think like um, what's going to happen in those environments is like you're <laughs> I've seen this and I've lived this. Your quotas. First of all, understand the expectation of what's going to happen. This is like, mm -hmm. this is like uh, gravity, or this is like, um, you know, water, or water freezes when it gets to a certain temperature. Um, what's going to happen in those environments is your quota is going to go up every year, and your expectation of performance is going to go up every year, and and it's going to be harder for you to make the same or more money at next year. Right. Mm -hmm. um, those are two universal truths I've seen. Um, and, and the comp plan is always pitched as this great new comp plan. Um, but most of the time it's, it's just raising the bar. Uh, and then the other factor that I would say is, um, well, let's just stop there. I won't, I won't get on a diatribe. Those are two things that are universal truths that I've seen. So bearing that in mind, um, there's a couple different ways you could do it. And there's definitely capacity that you could leverage uh, with, adding people. However, like sometimes, you know, like a simple, simple approach that could just multiply your outcomes without adding any people. If you don't have budget is like literally make a separate ICP for the top 20% of your customers. Mm. Right. And then have a disproportionate focus on those accounts. Um, and don't just look at revenue, look at speed, mm. right. Speed to close. Um, and then look at those specific verticals or areas and really, really focus more on them. And by nature of that, your deal size are going to go up, your deals are going to close faster. And there's like seven different levers you could pull on that with, you know, conversion metrics, like different steps in the sales process, you know, um, and other areas that don't require more and more and more. So uh, mm -hmm. I think if you look at that and pinpoint like the top priority, 
in that area, you could have AI augment your initiative in that area mm. very simply and very easy. Um, if you look at it as a whole, one thing that I would do is I would just make it a priority for my team and my org to use and innovate with these tools. Uh, and there's very economical factors, like literally ChatGPT for Teams is like $30 a month. I believe Microsoft yeah. Copilot, same thing per user. They don't use your data to train on if you're in those models, which is really critical from a confidentiality perspective. Sure. Use that and then make it a priority. Do a weekly meeting with your team. Um, give them a starting, you know, a running start by you learning as leader and then having them come back and identify the best practices after the first mm -hmm. week and then innovate on top of that every week thereafter. And just mm -hmm. like the deal size doubling, you're going to see weird improvements, like crazy weird improvements just by doing that. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so, so we're kind of running low on time, which, you know, happens and I could certainly keep talking for quite a while on this subject, but, but I'm curious from your perspective, from a sales, you know, from the sales professional of the future, what, what should they be focusing on today to stay relevant? What did they, what skills do they need to develop so that they can stay relevant into the future as we see more and more of these AI tools, you know, in the sales process? Yeah, I, I would, I would say the two A's, attention and AI, right? So mm -hmm. attention is, um, if we're looking at, at revenue orgs is, um, there's multiple ways to get attention. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's, it's more deep uh, than I would say depth over quantity. And what I mean by that is focus a lot more on the emotional impacts that what you're doing is creating versus just mm -hmm. trying to spam the hell out of tons of people, right? Um, you, could all, you can get attention from referrals. Like there's referral-led growth programs that have helped companies implement. Uh, you could have your own show and interview your prospects on a podcast, like really awesome strategy as well. Uh, and so, and then at the same time, you can create content, right? This never used to be table stakes, but if you're creating content online in an authentic way that actually helps people, you're going to draw and attract a lot of people. And then um, AI is what I would say is just always look and, and think like, hey, how can I use AI for what I'm doing? Like, mm -hmm. um, and the way you could prioritize this is like, what are the tasks, the repeated tasks that are taking the most time in my day, week, month? Um, and at the same time, like, what are my knowledge gaps? Leverage AI to fill those and mm -hmm. just keep iterating on top of that and track your progress. And if you do that, you're going to be encouraged to keep continuing before you know it. You're going to be a leader in your organization, you're going to be a leader for your clients to talk to. You're going to be a leader in so many different areas that you're going to become future proof because you've superhumanized yourself through leveraging mm -hmm. that. So, wow, great. Right. Yeah, great, great advice. Brian, th thank you so much for joining today. Really, really interesting conversation. And I know uh, going to be very useful to, to the audience. Um, before I let you go, I always like to ask at the end, uh, if you could recommend somebody for the audience, some thought leader, author, somebody that you think could really help them as they think about this this subject, uh, accelerating sales with AI. Yeah, so I think, and this is more about, so if we're talking about like AI, are you like, because there's a lot of authors and stuff that I love. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a ton that have, like for sales folks, like basically the 
Um, most of it's pretty tactical. Is, let me put it that way of, of what I've seen out there. Uh, however, there's like core concepts that I wish I would have known. And so like one is um, there's a book called The Gap and the Gain. It's by Ben Hardy and Dan Sullivan and really, really good book. It's like the high achievers uh, recipe for happiness and, and success. And so it's a good, I've had my kids, you know, my son read it. I've read it multiple times. It's a really, really good book about just being happy in life and focusing on your progress versus what you don't have. And uh, I give it to every CEO that's on my podcast and they love it too. So highly, highly recommend that. Um, and he's got, they got a bunch of other really good books in terms of strategic thinking as well. Oh, that's great. That's a great recommendation. And, and, and I'd add to that, uh, and I, you know, just in doing a little research for the show, that if they're in this area, you're in sales, you want to understand more about how AI is being implemented and what you could do, you should check out Ryan's content. Tons of content there that's really valuable. And so I, I would highly recommend that as well. I know um, a lot of a lot of insight there and something that'd be really valuable to those sales teams as they're going forward. So thanks, Ryan, thank, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun, man. Great questions. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks. And that's the show for this week. Thank you all for joining. Remember to hit that subscribe button. And for more on AI and other software research reports and posts, check out the arianresearch.com slash blog and slash research reports. And don't forget to join us next week. I'm Michael Fawcett, and this is the Disambiguation Podcast.